1: All right, so Greg, we got uh, we have mentioned um, the Wallace McCain Institute (WMI) ELP, which is Entrepreneurs Leaders uh, Entrepreneurial Leaders Program, uh, numerous times. We are both uh, part of the alumni and part of what the order. Is people out there that don't aren't aware of it, which would be many, are probably thinking, "What the heck are you guys talking about?" Yeah. So what we we have is we got Nancy Mathis, who's the founding executive director of the program. She's going to come on and she's going to enlighten people as to what this is. It's um, pioneering, it's unique, and it's a really cool program that you and I both have participated in and continue to participate in. I mean, we know each other outside of that, but like I know a guy like Gene Fowler because of the program who we just interviewed last week, and many of the people we've interviewed have, are part of this program. Um, and and Nancy, is just as, as you know, is this real powerhouse, is this wonderful woman who's... Um, just got all this fire in her belly and confidence, and and she's you know really kind of launches program has had remarkable success. Um, and I, I'm just looking forward to talking to her about it and getting a sense of, you know, and we, you know, we know where it started and how it started, but just be interesting in your perspective now. So she's, I think it's, she's in the seventh year of the Entrepreneurial Leaders Program, and it has all these kind of cousin programs that, that come out from it. She'll explain it better, but um, but yeah, like what do you think of, what, how are you feeling about uh, interviewing her? Well, I'm excited
2: because, uh, <laughs> like, like you, you mentioned, we've, we've mentioned the Wallace McCain Institute, I don't know how many times. That might be another prize for our listeners. Go back to every single episode no and count how many times we've mentioned Wallace well, McCain Well, it has to be a great and, prize. And then you're going to win a prize. <laughs> <And> <laughs> to, be it's, yeah, be the, to be determined. Yeah, uh, it'll be determined. I know that the experience that you and I had in this uh, in, in separate years, it, it changed the way we do business. It, it did for me, for sure. And just as a really quick recap of what it is, um, the Wallace McCain Institute ELP program uh, essentially brings... 12 to 15 uh, fastly rising entrepreneurs together uh, and we meet offsite somewhere in the woods in a cabin uh, once a month for a whole year for two nights uh, and three days every time we do a session. And what happens is this bonding and connection happens with uh, your fellow uh, um, cohort members. And they become an advisory board for you, essentially. So any pro- any wins that you have, any uh, struggles that you have, you've got this incredible dynamic group of highly achieving entrepreneurs around you. Now, there's other uh, programs all around the world similar. And I know uh, the Wallace McCain Institute was uh, loosely based off uh, YPO, like uh, Young entre- young president's uh, organization. Uh, as far as I know, you know, with the the forum and, and the trust and just the whole structure of bringing people together uh, and in a completely 100% uh, um, trusting environment. Uh, and it works. It's amazing because when when you are an entrepreneur leading a company, they say it's lonely on the top. And uh, so in, you know, in, in a lot of cases, I kind of get that. Like when you have issues, uh, when it comes to you know, financing or legal or so, you're not necessarily going to talk to your employees about these issues. So you're kind of a silo on your own. What this program does, it allows you to connect with other people that went through the same pro- problems and uh, share ideas. Everybody's there to support you. So, yeah, I'm totally excited to bring Nancy in. And, um, and like you say, she's, she's fiery. She's got, uh, she's got a great spark and a passion for, for connecting entrepreneurs in this part of the world. Mm-hmm.
1: And, well, and the other no. thing I was going to mention is that she has, um, she has experience as an entrepreneur as well. So, um, so you know, I mean, she brings that to it, and, uh, and this roster of, like, really remarkable speakers um, you're introduced to every month, you know, and then what happens after the program officially ends becomes self-moderated. So, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm into year three, and, and in a way, what's interesting is I got connected to this early on when, when Nancy came and was talking about launching this program and saying, you know, I'd like to introduce coaching as a way to keep people connected. And so I started giving, delivering workshops and I got to meet like your group and other groups and, um, and I'm sitting back and I'm, I'm meeting these remarkable groups of people and I'm thinking to myself, I got to get connected here somehow and the only thing that stopped me was I really liked being the guy in front of the room speaking. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I really wanted to, to you know, open the kimono and you go You wanted and to inspire like, people. You didn't want to open uh, up your problems. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so when I got over myself and, and when I started, you know, some of the things I'm chasing down right now as we speak, and I got realistic about what I needed. I, I was nominated and I thought, you know what? I really should put my name forward. And there's a choosing process and it's not it was, you know, it was challenging. I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily know I'd get in to be honest with you. And um, but it it's been a remarkable experience and it's good to have a group of people that you can literally reach out to and can help you on pretty much any issue because it's not just the group of the year you're in. You can connect with group. So we're getting up to, you know, like 90, 95 people. And, you know, you can go confidentially to someone and say, look, Greg, <clears throat> I got a financing issue. I've got uh, a legal issue. I've got an HR challenge. I need, uh, I need a coach or whatever it may be. And uh, you got a safe kind of place to to, um, to, to to throw things, you know, on the wall and have someone help you figure it out. So it's very cool. So let's get Nancy on here. And Unless you got anything else to say, Greg. Yeah, well, the only thing I was going to say is why is this topic
2: relevant to anybody who's listening to this outside of Atlantic Canada because the Wallace McCain Institute is for Atlantic Canadians. Um, I've got a perspective on why it's, it's critically important for our listeners to hear this. What, what's your thoughts?
1: I th- Well, I think anywhere you want to create um, an ecosystem, you want to get people working together, um you know, working in the in their in the area of their own expertise, but kind of collectively, and um, it's 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 um, it has it has meaning. So I, I don't think care where you come from. Um, you know, the, this kind of format and what it's doing in terms of connecting people is is can be replicated anywhere, and uh, probably will be. And if it not if it hasn't been, because they got, this is a really cool. Um, experiment that's happening we're seven years into so I think that's the relevance and the other thing I would say is that is that um, the elements that it brings like you and I are both speaking to this you know beyond everything it's just this connectedness to people I mean that's available to a whole bunch of people in a whole bunch of places so you know I, I would just encourage people to try to find places where they can speak frankly and, and they have that level of confidence And if you don't have it it exists out there and you're probably somewhere in your community or hopefully in your region somewhere
2: how you doing Nancy
3: Excellent.
2: Okay. How are you doing? Well, we are. Oh my gosh! You know what? I literally just flung the glasses off my head, and
1: they—they they actually hit David's foot. Sorry, Dave. That's all right. Hey, Nancy. Wow! It sounds like a very energetic space. It is. It is. You got. You'll have to visit at some point. So where are we? Where are we finding you?
3: Um I just barely got back from a road trip back and forth to Moncton today so just walking into my home
1: office okay well, yeah, because you would you would put uh, here's a here's a you know we we'd already did a, a quick uh, preamble. Usually we let the guests listen, so you didn't get to listen. So which means you have to listen to this podcast to hear our preamble on the Wallace M- McCain Institute, Nancy Mathis. We made and, you sound pretty cool. Oh yeah, very cool. You have you, you get you've come up before, so so as the audience is going to meet you uh, officially now. Um, but one of the things I was just thinking about was. About I wonder how many miles you would put on in any given year because I know you're traveling all the time like like around the region I mean and farther but do you have any sense of like what you would put on?
3: Probably thirty thousand.
1: In in a small province of New
3: Brunswick.
2: So uh, how many how many kilometers long is New Brunswick between us and Miramichi is probably about four hundred kilometers. Yeah.
3: Maybe <laughs> that's a lot of travel. Uh, Do you know what? For you guys, have Saint John. So yeah, and the province is much bigger than just Miramichi. So getting up to, I started in Miramichi two weeks ago and did a tour to the northern members of the institute and I thought you know I'm in I'm in Miramichi it'll just be a hop skip and a jump I was gone for six hours
2: oh I know oh yeah Yeah, yeah. the the further north you get the less populated it is (laughs) now Nancy with all this driving time I'm surprised that you haven't actually heard every single episode of the boy she may have though we don't know that no I like to make assumptions
1: oh okay
3: so, I just listened to Dr. Bill in the last 20 minutes. That was my prep.
1: Oh, good for I, you.
3: I thought I should get a feeling of the fact that you guys just start with the record button on, and I need to be prepared from the get go to be on my game.
1: Well, I don't think you're, you're, you're a perfect interviewee. I, I know that already. So, one of the things, uh, and actually, by the way, he was speaking to Mary Machine, we just interviewed. Gene uh, Fowler, and Great. and we had Hal Summers on here, uh, both uh, residents of Miramichi, so there has been very well represented that that uh, particular community. But before we did a little, um, you know, our commentary on the Wallace McCain Institute, and why don't we get um, you to start by just kind of, sharing you're the founding executive director, and maybe you can give the audience a, a sense, probably in a better way than we have, of what uh, WMI is all about.
3: So, when WMI was conceived of in 2006, 2007, the objective was to help entrepreneurs in the region have a better chance of success, full stop. At that point, I was running a venture capital-backed company that was the product of my PhD research. So, I'd been living the entrepreneurial game, and that company went through a bankruptcy. So, I was a... CEO in remission. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, 2 and 2 came together and made 100. So the the objective of the institute to help entrepreneurs in the region have a better chance of success. Here I was having come through something that it was successful in certain ways but not successful in the classical ways and I wanted to put those two things together. So I started running the institute in 2007, put some meat on the bones, created some programs, expanded the definition of what success meant, and ex- expanded the definition of uh, what the region was to be beyond New Brunswick and to include the greater Atlantic area.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to uh, be a member of the second year. So we're in year seven now. Is that right, Nancy?
3: correct and are you differentiating the second year from the fifth
1: year there's no there's no comparison
3: oh yeah of course hey can i take it again
1: (laughs) (laughs) no me being the fifth year
2: oh oh i see oh that was funny You, you, you jerks uh well nancy listen uh the the reason why we feel um it's really relevant to talk about this is we uh, we have been checking out our stats and we've got listeners all over the world literally now, just organically. People are listening to the Boiling Point podcast. Um, and it's becoming a successful little show. And we're getting feedback from everywhere outside of Atlantic Canada. So Dave and I are pretty stoked about how this podcast is growing. And even though Wallace Bucane Institute is limited to Atlantic Canada, we felt it would be a really great way to inspire other entrepreneurs to seek out other similar programs elsewhere and maybe other Nancy Matheses around the world who want to potentially create uh, an incubation type of support network similar to this. So with that context, why don't you uh, let us know a little bit about what you feel um, your vision was for this and as well as what what some of the successful outcomes have been.
3: So from the onset, um, part of the design. So my background is chemical engineering. I am a designer by nature. So I took my time and I built something that would be very robust and long lasting. So having built it, I would love to be able to have others benefit from some of the learning that I've been through over the last seven years. So that aside, the Institute was built inside of the University of New Brunswick. And it is completely outside of Senate, outside of the Board of Governors in terms of it's not an accredited program. We can make changes and um, affect the programming on a day-to-day basis. Our target audience is the highest growth entrepreneurs in the region. And we choose 16 of those entrepreneurs every year. Last year, there were 418 people nominated for the program. The program has also an underlying principle that it will run entrepreneurially and so it runs on a break-even basis. That's an important element. The programming supplies entrepreneurs with five to ten years of experience who are at an important inflection point in their careers the confidence to trust their gut and to be informed by the experiences of others in a trusting, confidential way. And it also takes the feeling of aloneness away Mm. because entrepreneurs who have possibly fallen into entrepreneurship, maybe they've never taken many business courses. All of a sudden they look up, they've been following their passion and good heavens, they have 20, 30 staff that's working for them and they get spooked. They say to themselves, "Like, what am I doing? How can I be sure that I'm making the best decisions for this organization? So for those people to be exposed for in, in our world within this program, two days a month for a year, exposed to other entrepreneurs that feel the same way, it helps the CEOs validate their gut instinct and continue to grow their dream. So those are some of the a, a cross section of underlying principles and drivers and customer profiles. you two being prime examples.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, uh-huh. you know, I love how succinct that was. That uh, how she described. It. <laughs> like we we were so. Well, let's <laughs> we got to do our intro again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Taking all the calls you, you, notes. you were far more eloquent, <laughs> Nancy, than we were. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know what's interesting, Nancy, is like I was uh, when, when we were when we were talking about it before we got in the line here. I was saying. You know, I, I got an early introduction, and, and one of the things I really love about the program is is, your, you know, is you've encouraged people to develop coaching skills to, to work in a peer-like environment, and, which has been fabulous. And I had the, you know, i got the luxury of getting in and, and speaking to these groups, and then, and then finally, you know, I was nominated, and I was saying that I finally took the plunge. And, and, you know, you talk about the aloneness, and one of the big learnings for me was I felt I was pretty connected and I felt like I, I have, and I do have a good community of people around me, but there's, there's a kind of a deeper level of that. And it's really hard to describe unless you experience it, is what, is what I tell people. Um, so that was a big learning for me, is just that, you know what, actually, it is nice to be, to be heard and to have a space to talk and, and feeling like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. Like, um, are you hearing that from a, a lot of the other entrepreneurs?
3: Yeah, the... the- That's classic to what we do, and for listeners outside of the region, and even within the region, what we're doing is basic peer group programming. It's not invention, but it is innovation. So peer group programming has existed for 60 years, started with Young Presidents Organization, which now has 22,000 members worldwide. Tech is another peer group organization. So fundamentally, it's around bringing people together in a confidential setting who are both homogeneous in one way but incredibly diverse Mm -hmm. and allowing them a framework to have a conversation and share and so that's what takes that aloneness away and gives you a really deep sense of connectivity and to your point Dave the thing that's been done within the Wallace McCain Institute was because of the rural nature of our region We don't have the population density that would be necessary to run a young president's organization group, YPO. If you're in downtown Toronto, downtown Vancouver, downtown Hong Kong, you can travel half an hour and get to a group of like-minded individuals that have that similarity. Within our region, you have to drive four hours six hours to bring enough concentration of like-minded people together. If you're going to do that, it necessitates that you spend two days together just to validate the amount of time you've spent and, you know, cost recover that. So if you're going to spend two days together every month, then you can build in other interesting elements into a normal peer group environment. And that's where the peer coaching came in and also the goal creation and accountability mm-hmm. piece mm-hmm. that's unique to what we do within the Wallace McCain Institute.
1: Uh, excellent. Yeah, good point. Well, and, you know, and people travel quite a distance, don't they? I mean, like some people are coming, they're traveling the four or five hours. Yeah. Huh. was there a guy that was flying back and forth when, uh, in ELP4? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we
3: have we have one member of the second in command group that flew in from Toronto.
1: Really? Wow. Amazing. On a
3: monthly
2: basis. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah Okay. Which tells you the um, not only the uh, the interest level of everybody to continue uh, engaging this way, but the need. You know, um, it, it's a big investment. End of the end of story. And I, I I remember asking once Nancy why it was a Friday and a Saturday, and your answer was, well, we don't want uh, people to invest two working days or to. Family days into this. It's a it's a mix of both, and I think that describes this this uh, this uh, Wallace McCain Institute quite nicely because this isn't just about business. It's about our families and work life balance, and it is so interesting to be able to share uh, life experiences with other entrepreneurs who who get it. And like we were saying before, you got on the phone, Nancy. Um, it is difficult for owners of companies to. Share some of this, some of these challenges and these wins, even with their staff. So it's 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 a very enlightening experience, mm-hmm. and people are w- willing to drive, you know, for that. And uh, Nancy, what are some of the um, some of the uh, real epic uh, uh, results that have that that you've seen come out of this? And of course, we're not allowed to talk about specifics, but like. Uh, have you seen, you know, people on the, on the verge of failure that came out of it stronger or uh, have you seen, you know, what are some of the, the, the things that really punch you in the gut say, wow, without this <laughs> program, uh, that person may not have come out on the other side, you know?
3: Well, for the last couple of years, we've had um, impact surveys that we've conducted with all of the members. And we've asked the question related to how would you rate your business as a result of being part of the Entrepreneur Leaders Program, and 92% say my business is stronger. I feel more connected, and I feel more confident in my decision making.
2: That's those are good stats. <laughs> and I think, oh, full stop.
3: I, I think. Yes, yeah, I think the the biggest thing started in the first year of the program when partway through the program i do believe it was Jean fowler who came up to me and said we love this nance but there's a critical flaw this idea that after a year the program is over that's totally broken you need to fix that and so with that year that's what started the process of each group Three quarters of the way through their first year of the program vows to each other to continue to meet at least quarterly for the rest of their lives. And for entrepreneurs, time is the most valuable thing. Money comes right behind it. And for them to continue to invest in time and money in, in participating in this program, that speaks for itself without getting into any of the particular nuances of major business success. No one would do that if it wasn't driving value for them.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. <clears throat> that's a really good point. And so the little but to get in, there's an interesting process right called the choosing. And and it's a bit. Um, uh, it sounds are,
3: like Hunger Games. Like, well, it's, <laughs> yeah,
1: like and so, how, so so so. I mean, you can describe. Well, I can describe, Greg. But let's hear Nancy's perspective on the choosing and and just how I guess a why it's set up like it is, and then and then um, b you know just what have you learned from having this you know way to, to for people to enter into the program because uh, I know it was with uh, a lot of angst that I I when I was nominated I said I'll put my hat in and then I'm, and then I'm part of this choosing process and you're kind of going, geez, I don't even know if I'm going to, I don't know. I'll be lucky to make it through this. So what, what was like, what caused you to like, how, how did that come about? Like, what, was that, was that the design from day one and, and, and has it evolved? Yes. What, like tell, tell us a little bit about that or the listeners. A little it, bit about that.
3: It's, it's expanded over time because of the participation of alumni, but the core model has been the same since year one. And Greg actually interviewed for year one and didn't make it. I don't know if you know that, Dave. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I
2: was. Uh, hey, it was my first rejection of my life.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, it, number one rejection, yep. And so, tried again in the next year one and, and it was successful. <laughs>
1: he, he, does, he doesn't believe that
3: I actually
2: felt, felt rejected.
1: No, no, but no, no, she's, So no, Nancy, anyways, it just cracked me up. Number, <laughs> not your first, but your number one rejection. My number one, my most important rejection. <laughs> so, sorry, Nancy, we digress.
3: No, it's okay. Um, Um, So, entrepreneurs as a a gross generalization, the vast majority don't have a resume, they have a profile and a bio and a LinkedIn, but they've never had to apply for a job, they've never been interviewed, they're much better face to face um, with chemistry than they are in the written world, written word. Mm -hmm. And they, because of them never being interviewed, they've never actually been chosen. They've never been picked. They've always just created their own environment. And so I wanted to, I wanted them to feel special and selected. And I wanted to create an environment where a group of judges could interact face-to-face with 24 finalists in a 15-minute interview format And allow the judges then, and I don't participate as a judge, to allow the judges not to pick out for me the best 16 entrepreneurs, but the best group of 16. And so that's very critical. We need to have a very representative and diverse group of people where around the room, everybody that's chosen has an equal probability of bringing to the group a large challenge or opportunity at a monthly session. Equally, they've got enough road rash and experience that they might be the one who's giving that magical piece of advice to a colleague who's bringing a challenge or opportunity. So we need to fill the room with a wonderful combination of as much diversity as we can pack in without having any crazy quota system. So we need to fill the group of 16 people with, diversity in backgrounds and experiences, but we also need to have people who can both give and get. They have to have some vulnerability and they have to have some uh, places of pride and strength where they're really strong. And that's that's what shows up in a one-on-one interview environment that you really can't judge over paper. Mm-hmm. So. We, uh-huh. Yeah. We also have a strong value on connectivity and experiential business judgment development. Those are our key tenants. And so we can't espouse to be about connectivity and not connect people. So we bring people in, all of the finalists come in for two days of activity, they get to meet each other, they go through a variety of business exercises so that they can see how each other thinks. They also get exposed from the alumni and I let the alumni kind of kick the tires of the newbies. And then the selection is made real time and in a ceremony much like the rose ceremony on uh, The Bachelor, people are informed real time whether they're in or out.
1: And yeah. it's it's an emotional process for a lot of people, isn't it? You
3: you guys went through
2: it. Yeah, I, I, I thought right from the beginning. You know, if if we didn't have to have this uh, this trust environment, uh, it'd make a great reality show.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, you think that. <laughs> do you remember, Greg? Do you remember being interviewed? Like, do you remember going? I through remember it? very well. And yeah, yeah. I, I think who, who was I, I think who was my in?
2: lucky star was was Paul. Yeah. So Paul uh, is the resident CEO. Am I pitching him correctly, Nancy? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Paul is- Paul Johnson. Uh, Paul Johnson, experienced, uh, very experienced CEO and angel investor and whatnot, and uh, he just happened to be launching a, um, a really neat microphone, wireless microphone company mm. uh, around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is your
1: second interview or your first interview? My second
2: interview. This is a face-to-face. <laughs> By the way, the first interview, I was in France well, at that Nipcom, was the problem. And I was on the payphone, okay? <laughs> so I'm blaming the payphone. Uh, but in person, Paul, Paul uh, one of his questions was, so you're going to NAB this year? At NAB, of course, is the industry event for technology. Of course, I had a quick answer. answer was no, but it's because I'm a content creator, not the technology side. And we, we kind of hit it off. And I think the little banter we have back and forth creating a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, uh, excitement in the room mm-hmm. i don't know i felt good nancy you weren't in the room or i can't remember if you were or not but uh, no nope. it was uh, i've never been in
1: the room yeah and
2: Derek oland from uh, moosehead breweries was there and uh, a whole a whole walk of awesome judges and you know what we just had a ball i i it, for me i didn't really know what i was being judged on so i just went in as myself and that was mm-hmm. it and i was thinking nancy when you're mentioning the criteria for the judges what a difficult job for the judges to be not judging the entrepreneur because of paper and net value and all this sort of thing, but seeing, is this a composition of a group that we want? Like that's a a big ask for your judges. You know, it must be exhausting for them.
3: It's exhausting, but I've never seen them more energized. By the time I walk in at the end of the day at 5.30 after delivering interviewees every 15 minutes all day long, it, the energy in the room, you can, you can taste it. It's electric. They're high as kites. They feel like gods because they will sit back and say, okay, so this person is missing this, but this person has this. And they'll really get along because of this. Imagine what babies we could create in terms of joint ventures or collaborative activity. Like They would have, if you guys were in the same group when you interviewed, they would have envisioned things like this for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's a great point, and that is a really good point. And, and the collaboration between the years yeah, yeah. has been really cool, too, because, of course, there's uh, there's events where all the groups get together, but the other thing is just, it's the badge of honor. And uh, uh, if if you know that you're a Walsh McCain, it's, just, it's a trust relationship. You can call somebody else <clears throat> from a different year that you don't even know. Right. You say, Yeah, I'm in ELP2. And oh, yeah, come on over. Let's go have a chat. Like, it's, uh, it's a network as well that, that works quite well. It's a well.
1: community. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's very unique in that way. So, you know, we, we're, we keep on talking about Wallace McCain. Maybe for listeners that don't know who Wallace McCain is, tell us a little bit about Wallace McCain. And, and if you could, Nancy, a little bit about, you know, uh, how, how, you know how his involvement in this and, and, and a little bit about you know, what your legacy or what you see as the legacy of the Institute. That's a big question. I know. I mean, there's lots there, but I, I know you've thought this through.
3: Well, there's lots of parts there. Wallace is hugely Googleable. I won't do him justice. Um, Wallace and his brother Harrison formed uh, McCain Foods in the '50s, and it's grown to be in the range of eight, nine billion dollars in size. Um, it's it's a large organization based in northern New Brunswick and the two of them had each other in the early part of their career their desks butted up to one another in an office and they were able to bounce off each other and learn and grow um, in a very rural community and so when Wallace donated money to the University of New Brunswick he liked this mandate of giving entrepreneurs in the region a better chance of success and my commitment to Wallace was that I would leverage his original $2 million and take the programming to a point that it could be self-sustaining. And I had the distinct pleasure of informing him six months before he passed away that the programs had reached breakeven and that the Institute was stable, to which he responded very colorfully <laughs> with Lots of wonderful language about how pleased he was and then informed me that he and his wife, Margaret, were leaving the Institute another $5 million in his will. So the, the Institute has been growing and flourishing. And one comment I'd like to add for your listeners is we've been concentrating on the Entrepreneurial Leaders Program and what we've been discussing so far. But that was only the initial flagship program. If we're going to help entrepreneurs get what they need to succeed, first you help the entrepreneur, which is what we did with the Entrepreneur Leaders Program, ELP. But then once that piece was satisfied with programming, another part of it was entrepreneurs need access to great people around them. So we formed another program called the Second in Command Program, or 2IC. And that supports that critical person that's the right arm of the entrepreneur. We also needed the entrepreneurs who were tended to be founders to have a belief that their company could have some longevity and a legacy. And so that was, caused us to start working with supporting the multi-generational companies in the region. And so we have additional programming called Echo. All three of those are based on the same peer group format, but the group of homogeneous members within the group is very different. So we've broadened from an initial program offering to now offering 20 programs with 200 members paying annual fees for peer group programming of different types.
2: Well, I got to tell you Wallace is proud because <laughs> that is you know that little bit of seed money that he put in has affected has changed the way our region is going to flourish in the future forever. It's a uh, it's incredible. And I think about people like Wallace and people like Jerry Pond, who we talk about all the time on this on this podcast as well, people who have decided to invest a little bit into the community and see how far that stretches, you know, when, when, when these icons are able to share in that way. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, Nancy, incredible, incredible work that you've done on this. I, I know Dave and I are uh, very pleased recipients of uh, of the program and of uh, Wallace's uh, desires. And uh, um how about, you know, coming up to, uh, to a close, how about some inspiration for people outside of our region um, who might be of kind of the old school a little bit, who, you know, the idea of vulnerability around other people and putting those walls down might be really scary for them. You know, give a little bit of advice and, and, uh, from the experiences that you've witnessed over the last seven
3: years. So I would say that people who feel that way are looking inside themselves and they think that they are different than everybody else. They've got, they put up a closed shell to protect their soft gooey insides. And that's what they, um, radiate. And that causes other people to read them the same way. And that next person We'll treat it in kind. Oh, they have it all together. I have these soft, gooey, messy insides and emotions and concerns and challenges. I'm going to put up my hard shell. And what we do is we drop those shells at the door. Dave's group, ELP5, has an absolutely beautiful mission statement. And his the mission statement is to embrace our leadership responsibility, to grow a greater Atlantic area, and live our one life with passion. Nice work. And that whole concept of one life like life family balance it's ridiculous if you are an entrepreneur living in harmony with your values your work and your company is the embodiment of those values and your values are you and so there's no way that you can dissect here is me at home and here is me at work no more can your employees so entrepreneurs, business people who do, who keep those walls up and are of old school, as you say, Greg, are missing out on having really deep and meaningful connections with other people.
1: Yeah, and you and, you, and you've, like, I mean, you've witnessed that multiple times. I mean, I know I've witnessed it within my group. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and the advice always is from, I think, the, the people the previous years would say, the, the more quickly you can just... Um, drop it. Yeah, drop it, you know be vulnerable because it gives permission for other people to be vulnerable, right? And then, so that's where, the, that's where the, I think the real nuggets are, the real diamonds are, to be honest. <clears throat> um, so if people want to learn more, Nancy, what, how, where do they go to learn more?
3: So there's a beautiful video on our homepage done by Hemmings. Oh. <laughs>
1: this
3: wonderful filmmaker called Gregory Hemmings.
2: Oh, God bless you. Call me Gregory. Thanks, Nancy. You know, you make me, you make me all blushy when you call me Gregory. I like that. <laughs> it's true. I it's I I happening.
3: <laughs> I, I know I do. So... Um, Greg did a video of his own co- cohort talking about um, the Wallace McCain Institute experience so that's the first thing you see it opens up on the dot um webpage. My email is on there rather than me reciting it and people trying to write it down, easier to go to com, and that explains all of our programming for people who are listening and are inspired about how might i do this in my own region i would love to be able to support that i've been encouraged to do that for many many years and franchise this out i just want to share what we've learned it's important there's a, a critical set of ingredients to make this work and having deep knowledge of your region is key and i don't have that deep knowledge of other people's regions, but if you're listening and you have this knowledge of your region, your community, and you want to build something that is a further innovation around what we've done that works in your community, please reach out and find
2: me. That's awesome. That's awesome. In the spirit of sharing and, uh, and growing that network. Yeah, and, and, awesome. and
1: you're, you're not just saying that. You really mean that. I mean, she, Nancy's asking people to reach out, so I hope people do. Uh, one last question, Nancy. <clears throat> you know, you talk about the uniqueness of these entrepreneurs that get into the program. And I know you do this exercise on behavioral, it's like a behavioral assessment with birds. Mm-hmm. What have you found is the most unique bird like in terms of you know, the 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 fewest people show up as this really kinda of unique bird? Do you have any I'm just curious over the years?
3: Um it varies from year to year. Oh, it does. Dave, Dave the Dove. Uh, in your particular group, doves were a rare, rare breed. You're
1: such a cute little dove.
3: I think Dave's oh, name oh, tag actually got I edited to be Dave the Dove. The dove. Yeah, yeah. Can we
1: call you Dovey? Are you can, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's an eagle, there's a peacock, there's an owl, there's a dove, and and uh, and th- for the listeners, they can probably find this. It's a very cool, but way to to assess kind of what your behavioral tendencies are. And there's a few doves, and and uh, so the, the we had this this first weekend together, and uh, and then, you know, and we were asked. Uh, Nancy was moderating to get into our groups, and I was a group of one, the dove. You know, it was just, very, sad. Just
2: like, hey, I was, very I, sad. I was a, I was a chickadee. Well
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they didn't have this probably in year two. Oh, god. We've been evolving. It gets evolve, better every better. Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And, and for your listeners that are interested in finding it, what you Google is dope. D-O-P-E, which stands for Dove, Owl, Peacock, Eagle. Mm-hmm. But then clear the cookies out of your browser because you'll have lots of strange pop-up ads after that. Uh,
2: interesting. L- 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 lots lots of pictures of Snoop Dogg and Bob Marley, yep. etc. Got it. Oh, yep. I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on, Dave. I was a little slow. I mean, come How on. many times have marijuana references come up in this? In this? Uh, a few times. A few Nancy, times. one thing I'm not allowed to do is talk about the actual uh, history of our show, uh, but I'm going to do it right now. Uh, David Alston named... This uh, the boiling point because Dave and I are inside a very small voiceover booth right now and it gets very hot. Very hot, in fact. So we know when to wrap it up once we reach the boiling po- point. So Alston was in here with us, three of us. Oh, was and it, it got hot. So <laughs> no, we're like, what are we going to call this? And I was like, should we call it the hot box? Or should we call it the whatever? And then everybody's like, dude, I, I, we can't call it the hot box you know and I was like and then of course I had the, the, the and then David <laughs> then Austin was like oh just call it the bowling point it's a little less referential is,
1: is he into marketing or something like that kind? something like that yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. so, so awesome. we ripped we ripped it off and I don't, we haven't given him any royalties no licensing fees no nothing <laughs> okay. nothing but he'll, he'll I'm sure he'll be he'll be asking for it shortly um, <clears throat> thank you so much for coming on any final words from you I mean it's great because now people can know what we're talking about when we reference uh Wallace McCain or ELP or whatever. But any any final thoughts from you?
3: Um, the one final thought I haven't worked into the conversation is when you asked about impact and success metrics, probably one of the things I'm proudest of is that entrepreneurs that have gone through the program have reported that their time volunteering into the entrepreneurial ecosystem has tripled as a result of their openness and exposure to this kind of an environment so entrepreneurs that have been through ELP are going into classrooms more they're angel investing more they are um, sitting on each other's boards they're mentoring and I'm really proud of that because if we're helping one another and then that expands and I tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on we will make this a fantastic place to start and grow business.
2: Awesome. On that note, thanks so much, Nancy.
1: We'll see you again soon. Okay.
3: Take okay. care,
1: guys. Thanks, Nancy. Listen to the rest of the podcast. Will do. I'm sure you will with all that mileage you're doing. <laughs> see yeah. later. see you care. later. Take care. Bye-bye. All right.
2: That was good. Yeah. Uh, there, there's too many takeaways and the funny thing is because my takeaways are the takeaways from the whole experience. Um, so, I think my only takeaway here from what Nancy was talking about is just this, uh, the whole idea of becoming vulnerable Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't talk about that too deeply, but you know, mm-hmm. dropping that, mm-hmm. dropping it like it's hot. That's mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg reference number 2 mm-hmm. drop it like it's hot, and um, and just be real with other people and try in that trust environment, and uh, it'll make you grow. It just it will. <clears> it, it brings oxygen and nitrates and soil and plantroids into your life, you know, and uh, yeah, and that's probably my biggest takeaway from the whole program. How about how about
1: you? Uh, as a participant, or from the interview, either. Or. Uh, I, I just, you know, I like the idea that um, that uh, Nancy and and the institute want just to, to see this replicated, and they, you know, truly. I mean, very. Uh, genuinely want to, you know, if people are interested, they should they should come check it out. And it was cool. We had, um, or I spoke with one of the uh, speakers in, in the previous cohort, and she she was describing, you know, the, there was the Waterloo experiment. I think they called it. And I'm probably calling this the wrong thing where, you know, BlackBerry kind of rose at at of, of Waterloo, and and uh, and it was, you know, and there was this 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 hub of innovation and, and collaboration. All those things happened. Unfortunately, it's probably faded with 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 how Blackberry's faded. But this, she's she was uh, she's um, an author, a uh, professor McGill. Her name's escaping me right now. A uh, Françoise Morissette. Um, she was talking about the Walsh McCain Institute being the the New Brunswick uh, miracle, you know. And and you know, it's, I just thought you know that's kind of a neat way to describe and to be part of it, right? So, so when you're in the middle of it, you're you're really experiencing it, and you want to share it with other people. Not 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 your unique experience but you're saying this can happen in other places right yeah, yeah, yeah. so I really hope if someone's listening to this they would reach out and I'm sure there's, there's that's happening but um, it's a very it's a wonderful experience nothing but good things to say and people should check out whilst WalsmankiniaInstitute dot com because some really cool and stuff. And they should on check there. out
2: the video because you know yeah. when they make their own uh, uh, program, they, they can, can call me and will we'll come and produce a video for uh, them. Drop it like drop it's, it's hot. Dropping like it's hot. <laughs> so Matt, uh, our producer, thanks uh, for putting this together today. Matt, um, your challenge is to actually lay down, drop it like it's hot as our uh, extra theme. Okay. Oh, wow. So right now, drop it like it's hot, like it's hot is playing underneath our voices. Okay, I'll see you
1: next week, Dave. See you, brother. Uh, we got a we got a great group uh, for next week. So listen on, folks. Uh, you know how to share and uh, take care. Share, share and care. Drop it like it's hot.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling.
1: Interior, like suicide, red I can exercise you. This could be your physician. Cheat on your man, one that's how you get at his head. Killer with the B. I know killers in the street with the still to make you feel like chiller in the heat. So don't try to run up on my ear, talking all that raspish. Trying to ask me. Woman, bring your vest, they ain't gonna pass me. Sh-. You should think about it. Take a second.
0: hi I am Steve Yurko, and I'm Tara Sands.